This is Life, Body, Business, Impact with Fatima. Welcome, friends. I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm your host, Fatima Ingalls, fitness expert, best-selling author, lifestyle entrepreneur, founder of the Life, Body, Business, Fit Systems, and co-founder of the amazing Freedom Retreats. My mission is to positively impact 10 million lives, to inspire you to wake up and live from your bucket list of dreams instead of waking up one day with a bucket list of regrets. Get ready to be inspired with weekly episodes and interviews that disrupt your thinking and motivate you to build your best life, body and business. To change one life is to change many. So come with me now and let's get started with yours. Welcome to another episode. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with entrepreneur and owner of two successful gyms, Raul Valenzuela. He is hey, Fatima. Of- how are you? Hey, hey. Good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. That's good. Raul is a CrossFit coach. He's owner of two CrossFit gyms in Adelaide, Australia. He's a powerlifter, a martial artist. He's a musician, plays guitar beautifully, um, an avid coffee lover, an entrepreneur, like I mentioned, a successful podcaster and a changer of hundreds of people's lives. Raul has been my coach in the past, and he's also a friend. He's also one of the most authentic and genuine people I have ever met. It's so great to have you on the show, Raul. It's awesome to be on, and it's awesome to uh, to be a part of this, Fatima. It's, it's really cool that it's come to fruition. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here and have a chat. It's um, really just like the chats we used to have back in the gym when I was in Adelaide. Um, yeah. I would love if you could share with our listeners a little bit more about who you are, your background in getting to where you are now, and your purpose. Why CrossFit? Sure thing. So, um, look, I think that my story is probably like the story of like a lot of people. I was, if I take you down memory lane, I was 21 at the time. I knew that I wanted to do something with my life. I kind of had that feeling, probably like a lot of people do, of just that I'm meant to be doing something that impacts more people or something that, you know, has some sort of importance or something along the lines of that. I remember studying at university. I was studying psychology at the time and I just wasn't really fulfilled by it. I didn't really understand that how this could link into the the feelings that I had about what I wanted to become and, and who I wanted to become. Luckily, I found fitness and uh, through fitness, I found, you know, I really found myself. Like I, I learned a lot about myself. My first, uh, I guess, um, integration into fitness was with uh, kickboxing and MMA and Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu. And one of the first things that I found found myself, you know, discovering through that was that, you know, I wasn't as tough as I thought I, I was in general. And I realized that through a conversation that I had with one of the coaches, uh, one of my uh, coaches at the time, he just basically said to me, he said, look, just keep showing up, keep putting in the work and you'll get better no matter what you want to do. Uh, at the time he was referring to training, but, you know, those those words really stuck to me. So, you know, I kept showing up. And then from there, before I knew it, a few years had gone by and I'd really like just fully immersed myself into training. Like I was eating healthy. I'd lost a lot, a lot of weight. Um, I'd, I'd started doing strength training. I started feeling strong and I just started feeling empowered, probably like a lot of people do. And I've always been a teacher. I've always wanted to teach anything I know. I remember being really young and when I used to play guitar, like I'd try and teach other people how to do it. I mean, when I first got my first band and I knew other friends that played music, I would try and teach them how to make bands. You know, like it was, it was just something that's always been in me. So as soon as I started learning about exercise, like I started teaching what I knew to my friends. At the time, I didn't think it would become into it would become a career at all. I just thought that it was just 
the natural progression of what you do. I've always known that if you teach something, you learn it a little bit better yourself. From there, I started coaching a lot of my friends. And then one of them said to me, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, doing this as like a, you know, like as a, as a, as a job. And I was like, oh, not really. You know, like I'm pretty busy at uni and at work. And she said to me at the time, well, how much do you get paid at work? And I'm like, oh, you know, I think at the time I might have gotten paid like $26 for, for an hour. And she was like, oh, well, look, how about I, and she, I used to have three hour long shifts. And she said to me, how about I pay you like what you would get paid in those three hours just to not go to work and just train me for an hour. And when she said that, I was like, you know what, this is a no brainer. This makes a lot of sense. Sure. And I just had this, you know, this sort of thing just clicked where I realized, you know what, like I can, I could make something out of this, you know, like I, and I started, you know, luckily I was introduced to some people that helped me pursue it a little bit further. And from there, like I just, I just found that I just loved, um, I loved fitness and I loved coaching and teaching people things. And I loved being around other people and seeing their journey and, you know, starting a small car garage and, you know, just a few people turned into, you know, 10 and then 20 and then 30 and then 50. And then, you know, it got to the stage where we were kind of uh, spilling out of the single car, car garage that, um, that we were at. And then we moved into a facility and then that grew again. Then we moved into a bigger facility and now all the way to where we are now, where we have two facilities and, you know, things are, you know, only, this is only really the beginning, like things will keep growing from here and hopefully in the future, um, we'll have a presence uh, across every state, in, every state in Australia, if not further than that. That sounds absolutely amazing. And what a journey. I mean, the friend who said to you, you know, what if I pay you what you normally get paid in three hours to train me? What a great opportunity. And you said it, a complete no brainer to actually do something you love. I, like yourself, love teaching people. As soon as I learn something, I want them to to learn it as well because I know that it can improve their life. And sometimes that's a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse. You said that one of your trainers said, keep showing up and you will get better. That's true. Yeah, I think that that is absolutely amazing. And it's it seems so simple, but it is so effective if we apply that to so many areas of our life, whether it be your fitness and your health or career and business. I wanted to ask you, um, in relation to the training, the facility you've set up, you talked about doing jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai and kickboxing when you first started fitness, but you run two CrossFit gyms. What was it that attracted you to this type of training? Did you just fall into it, or was there anything specifically that attracted you to opening this type of facility that offered CrossFit? Yeah, so I guess my journey with CrossFit kind of came about from the fact that I think at the time I wanted to prepare myself for a fight and I wanted something that would get me into really good shape. At the time, I felt that I was uh, not plateauing, but I felt like I had re- adapted really well to the training that we were doing, I guess, in the club. And I wanted, you know, a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a challenge. I was doing gym training at the time, just like most people do, like just your standard bodybuilding type training. Uh, but I, I knew, I knew that gymnastics were really good. I knew that Olympic lifting was really important and I, and I tried dabbling in some of those things on my own. I think it was just coming across CrossFit just on a YouTube video. Um, I, it just looked really impressive. I really like the, the no glamour feel to like the original CrossFit videos. Like they just looked really raw. Um, they just looked like people who just wanted to work hard. And I think what attracted me to CrossFit was the, the high intensity aspect of it. I, I really enjoy um, you know, I've never been somebody who's very talented or very naturally good at any one thing. I, all, all that I can do is I can work hard at things. And um, I, it just felt to me that CrossFit just rewarded that sort of um, 
it just rewarded that trait. So I remember when I first started CrossFit, I was really bad at a lot of things. And I kind of liked that because that gave me a place to go with it. Like I remember when I first started CrossFit, I couldn't do pull-ups. And I, you know, the first thing was like, <laughs> okay, let's get better at pull-ups. And then I wanted to learn how to do kipping pull-ups and then muscle-ups and, you know, single leg squats and handstands and all, all these things that, you know, I think maybe people nowadays, especially all of my clients and members at the gym probably would never think that I couldn't do those things at one stage. Like all those things just did not come easy, but I, I love the journey. and I just love the reward of, of being humbled in the gym constantly by things. And, um, I don't, I like anything that, that humbles you and just keeps you honest. Uh, and, and I like that with, with CrossFit, there are just so many things that you have to really, um, learn about your body and, and master your own discipline. You know, you have to be disciplined and understanding how to train properly, how to eat, um, you know, how to improve so many different areas, you know, like CrossFit to me was really similar to mixed martial arts, which is like, I guess the, <clears throat> the main thing I did. So I really liked the idea of combining different, you know, types of fitness in the same sort of way that I like the idea of combining different types of martial arts to, to get the best of, to, to get the best of all worlds. And if you, if I, if you want the real honesty, the reason why I stuck to CrossFit is when I had my personal training studio, I think I had about 31, 32 clients at the time. I told all my clients once I decided to do CrossFit that half of them would do normal PT training, so just your standard strength conditioning type training, um, and then the other half would do like these CrossFit group class workouts. Basically, I just saw everybody who trained in that group class environment just got really good results, just all of a sudden got really strong. And I think the magic of that was just that group environment, like that can really do wonders for people. Just, you know, you see what someone else can do and all of a sudden you you think you can do better as well because you've seen that in front of you as opposed to training people in the way where I was training them where they were all isolated from each other. Just the camaraderie as well, like just being just being able to create something that gives people a, a sense of community. Like I, I used to love that. Like I used to love seeing that people would, would organize to – to hang out with each other at the gym. And I just, I love the idea of that, like the place that, that you could create a place that people wanted to go and be a part of that didn't have to be a bar. It didn't have to be um, anything with anything negative. Um, it could be something that was positive and, and would improve their life. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really that whole sense of community that you build and you see in um, so many CrossFit gyms. And I know when I am, um, when I came to train with you, I don't know if you remember, I did not want to do CrossFit. I just wanted to learn to do some movements because um, like you, I am not uh, a natural athlete at all and anything that I've had to do, I've had to work really, really hard. So um, I don't know, for example, skipping, not that I learned that with you, but in um, mixed martial arts, um, skipping was something I couldn't do and, you know, not even 10 skips. So when I got to a one-minute skip, I had worked really, really hard um, on coordination and timing and persistence and repetition to be able to achieve that. So for me, that was a really big, really big goal. And um, I understand what you're saying in relation to everything that you learnt in CrossFit because you didn't have the natural ability. And I think the fact that you have taken yourself um, through to where you are now, the more you share that with with your own community and members, it's inspiring for them because you're not just someone who's walked in and had this natural ability from a very young age, you can understand um, their journey and be relatable to them because you've had to go through working hard and taking the steps to get to where they're wanting to get to in terms of their, their fitness and their training. So I think that's really great. Thanks so much for sharing that. 
Have there been any lessons, Raul, that you have learned in doing your CrossFit and coaching all the people that you've coached? I'm sure you've coached hundreds, maybe even thousands of people in the sport that you have been able to transfer into your business or other areas of your life. I find um, in doing Muay Thai and in CrossFit that there have been lessons that I've learned within the gym and the training that are actually really life lessons and lessons that I have been able to apply in business. Have you come across that at all? Yeah, so I think two or three would come to mind. I think the first one kind of relates to what we said earlier about what one of the lessons that one of my first coaches taught me, which is, I think this is a, maybe maybe it's a quote by Woody Allen. I think 80% of success in life is just showing up. Uh, if I could give one advice for anyone, maybe like in business or like relating a, a lesson from training is that the person who does the best in training is the person who actually just sticks to it. People spend a lot of time trying to work out the best program or their like perfect routine and all these things like, at the end of the day, like it's just about doing some basic things and just doing them often. So, and it doesn't matter what that is. Like, just find the thing that that you're actually most likely to do and do that. That's like a, a, a big thing. Even though I own two CrossFit gyms, if I was to ever meet somebody just down the street, like I just generally will, if then they want to know about training, like the the main suggestion I generally give is find something that you like doing because that's the thing you're probably going to most likely do more of than if I tell you to go do something that you don't want to do, right? Like for some people that's going to be boxing, some people that's going to be Muay Thai, for some people that's going to be CrossFit, for people that's going to be bodybuilding, for some people that might be Zumba. doesn't matter what it is. It's just about doing something consistently. So in the gym, anyone who's consistent generally gets the biggest rewards. Uh, probably another one would be just understanding that there needs to be sustainability for any training program to work long term. So what I mean by that is that something that I've seen, I, I, I see this all the time in business and I see this all the time at the gym. We have two very different types of people that come into training and it's funny because it's always the same result. We have the really young people who come in and they want to come and train every day and then maybe one year goes by and they burnt out because they sprinted the marathon. They went too hard too soon and they just gave it all they had but they didn't realize that it's it's not about what you can do in one year, it's about what you can do in 10 years. And the same thing I, I would see that oh, I see that all the time in the you know startup space and the entrepreneurial space with a lot of, you know, like... I guess young guys now wanting to be the next big like tech stars and things like that. Like, you know, it doesn't just cause you, just cause you fail or you haven't succeeded in a small amount of time doesn't mean you're not going to succeed. You know, like I'm really proud that we can, we now have like a bigger staff than we used to that we have, you know, close to 10 coaches and hopefully by the end of the year we'll double that. But if I had just given up on, on this, when it got hard, you know, one, two, three, four years into it, like I wouldn't be at the stage where I can, you know, offer employment to like some of my best friends and, the same thing goes for like just help all the people that we get to help like if i'd if i'd given up on on like this journey like i wouldn't have helped all the people that we've been able to help so the second one would be just knowing that it's about finding some sort of sustainability to 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 what you're doing and just knowing that you don't have to do everything every day but you have to just find something that you can do on certain days and just be consistent with it and i think for business owners that could be just something as simple as if you're a business owner and you're not you're not doing enough social media Look, maybe you don't have to do it every day, but maybe you you do it every Monday and you stick to doing that every Monday. So something yeah. along the lines of that. Absolutely. I agree with everything you said, including, you know, what you said about, okay, you own a CrossFit gym, but for people to find something that they love doing, it doesn't have to be in a gym or a CrossFit gym. For it to be sustainable in life and a part of your lifestyle forever, not, you know, part of your marathon, which is life rather than that sprint. I've also found, I'm sure you found the same thing, is that 
you can love and enjoy something for a period of time, but then it can become stagnant in life and you need to change it up. So hence how I found myself in your um, CrossFit box <laughs> when <laughs> I wanted to learn um, CrossFit. So they were some really, really great um, tips. Thanks for sharing those with us. In relation to the why, you and I have, have talked about this a lot and you talk about it a lot on your videos. We're both fans of the why, so you talk about it so often in your vlogs. What is your why in business and what is your why in your personal life? You may have touched on it a little bit in your introduction, but I'd love to explore it a little bit more. You know, that's a really good question, Fatima. I think my why in business has definitely changed over the years. I think I have maybe two different whys when it comes to business. Uh, I'm probably at a stage in life where I have a lot of people who are looking towards what I'm doing and to a lot of those people like it's an inspiration and it's something that hopefully gives them the drive to go do something themselves so as far as my why nowadays and I think I was talking to you about this before we started recording it's my why has now become like I need to make this work because I want to I want other people to realize that like you can chase your dreams you can go for something that you want to do it's going to be hard but like you can make it work if you're willing to put blood sweat and tears into it so like that's a humongous wide to which I wake up to every time that I have self-doubts about like I don't want to do this, I'm tired, I'm too stressed, blah, 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 you know, it's too many problems, whatever it is, like I just go back and remember I'm like if you quit, what does that say to everybody else who's watching? Like, And I don't mean that from a place of, you know, I don't want to fail in front of people, which I, I definitely don't and I would lie if, it's, if, I, if a little bit didn't come from that. But a bigger part of it is like to everyone around me who's you know, like, you know, all the all the younger people that are around me or everyone who's who's looking up or wanting to to do something like, you know, I have done with my team. A big part of that is like, I don't want to let those people down. I want to make sure that people realize that you can pursue something and go for it and, and it can it can work. It can be successful. I think one of the best things that ever happened to me was that I had someone who was making something successful of themselves. And they as opposed to telling me that it would be too hard or that I couldn't do it. They just encouraged me. They said, you know, go for it. You'll never know unless you try. So that's that's a big reason for one why. And then personally, I think uh, definitely for me, I just I enjoy challenges. I enjoy, um, you know, learning more about myself. And um, I like at the end of the day, I, just, I like I could choose to do lots of different types of businesses. But I think I enjoy the the fitness world because there's a there's a really unique interaction that you get to have with people where you get to actually help them and make changes in their lives. And you get to meet people that don't just aren't just clients or people that pay you money. Like they become your friends, they become your mentors, they become people that um, you know become really significant in your life. And I just want to have as I want I want to have as many of those interactions as I can, like while I'm alive, and and try and help as many people as I can. And and whether that's through a a single interaction with myself or um, whether that's through like our coaches or any of those things. And I think the other thing is just realizing that like we live in a world that's really kind of negative for the most part and where you have like a lot of people that don't like don't always encourage you to believe in yourself like as far as I'm concerned like I know what I'm bringing to the world and I know what I can bring into someone's life and I just want to see people succeed and I want to be that person in that in, in people's lives that is the is the reason why they go and do something not the reason why they don't go and do something I, I have this thing that I teach all of our coaches which is all coaching is is a little bit of technique and a whole lot of faith like at the end of the day a coach has to have has to have faith in you for you to do the thing that you don't think you can do yourself and they have to have faith in you beyond that faith that you might have in yourself they have to be able to see the potential that you haven't yet seen and coach you through that till you get to the point that you can see that potential and then from there you can start your own journey that's really all, all the coaches and that's kind of like what I would want to keep pursuing as like um you know that long-term thing of just 
you know, keep making more people realize the potential they have inside of themselves. Oh my God. I love everything in that answer. There was so much gold. When you're talking about a little bit of technique and, um, and a whole lot of faith, that's what you did for me so many times, so many times where I didn't think I could do something and I kept trying. And, um, in my head I was like, Oh, I'm going to give up now because I've had a few attempts at this particular weight or this particular movement. And you were there calmly going, no worries, just let's go again, let's try again, not yelling and screaming in my face, but my internal chatter was, he thinks I can do it, coach thinks I can do it, maybe I can do it. And if yeah. you had not have been there with that whole lot of faith and belief in me, there are many occasions things that I've been able to achieve physically that I know I certainly wouldn't have been able to achieve. So I absolutely love that. And that has transferred to many areas of my life and even to, you know, a tool that I use with my own clients when I'm coaching them. So I just want to say again, thank you for being that type of coach and, and for teaching your coaches to be like that, Rayle. It's it's really amazing. And, you know, my philosophy in life, one of them is to change one life is to change many because of the ripple effect. And I just get so excited thinking about, the amount of lives that you've been able to change with each person that you've coached, their families, their children, their partners, their friends, all because they have had you believing in them. So thank you for being you. Thank you for those kind words, Fatima. They're complete, completely true, completely true. In one of your blogs, or, or vlogs, not blogs, you talked about the moment you don't quit, and I love that you're so real and, and honest and authentic in, in a lot of what you do there. When things seem t- when things seem five times as hard as you thought they would be, that's the moment that you don't quit, or something along those lines. Yeah. What are the practical tools that you have used for yourself not to quit and for your clients not to quit on a workout or on something in their life? I would love to say that I have some tactical tools, but I think for me myself, I think I have some really good people around me who are very supportive and, um, you know, probably stroke my ego in all the right ways when I probably need to have that. And like, I'm probably, I think I'm just very blessed with, I had really good, like really good parents, really good upbringing who probably did nothing but just make me believe in myself. And I have some really good people around me who all like believe in me way more than I probably believe in myself and I think that's that's a huge thing and I think as far as for clients it's I think it's about being that person for them so in some way it's kind of about like bringing it like full circle to that question beforehand where it's about making sure that you are communicating in a way where you're making that person understand that like you believe in them so they should believe in themselves so that when it does get too hard and they do want to quit if you haven't quit on them they shouldn't quit on themselves and I think of I think of it in those sort of terms when it comes to, you know, like I recently had one of these moments where, you know, with the purchase of the second gym, like it was definitely very overwhelming in a way that it's going to be hard to explain. But I kept being really confused because my brain was just telling me, like, maybe you've made the wrong decision, but everyone around me is like, you've got this, like, this will be fine. It'll be awesome. Like, if anyone can do it, you can do it. And then eventually just having to, be, like, you know, just eventually realizing, like, you know what, like, if everyone around me is saying that, like, I should probably believe that and I should probably, our mind plays tricks on us. Like, our mind can be the best tool or the worst tool in the world. 
you know, it can it can be something that empowers you and 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 makes you superhuman, or it can be something that tears you down and and fills you with insecurity. And and sometimes that doesn't come from a from other people. That just comes from just you, your own anxiety, or you playing tricks with yourself, or your your own neurosis. Um, and you know, you have to understand that just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. And I think the more people that can maybe if if they come away from something in here. Like if you can come away from that, like that's like so powerful. Just because you think that you can't do something doesn't mean it's not true. Just because you think that it's challenging and it's never going to get better doesn't mean it's not. That doesn't mean that it's true. It's just a thought. Thoughts come and go. Thoughts are irrational. Um, yeah. I think you said something really, really um, important there, and that was in relation to the environment and being blessed with good people around you. I mean, I think you've chosen to have a lot of those good people around you, not that they've just presented in, in your life, but how important that is for when your mind is playing tricks, like you mentioned before, when when your mind is telling you that you can't do something, when you are facing that terror barrier where you're questioning yourself as to whether you want to keep pushing through that terror barrier to take your life and body and business to another level, that is one of the um, crucial times that having those people that believe in you all around you is so important to help you push through and not go backwards but to keep going forwards and onwards and upwards so environment and the people that we have around us is so so important in what you said there uh, yeah 100 percent. okay you with um coaching men and women again another discussion we've had often you've coached so many what are the types of things that you have learnt about women and men and their styles in life just by having coached them? We've talked about it a little bit because it's it's pretty, I guess, common traits. It's pretty interesting some of the things that we have talked about in the past. Yeah, so uh, there's definitely humongous differences between men and women. and uh, an anatomy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, even even within – anatomy because I think people sometimes dismiss some of those things but um so I'll, I'll I'll go through like an anatomical thing and then I'll do a metaphor from that so I was doing a video today kind of explaining the difference between strength training between men and women so to anyone who doesn't know men have more contractile potential than women do and women generally um have less contractile potential what that means is that the muscle can uh, men can essentially fire more muscles than women can however women tend to have better muscle endurance than men do. So women can technically like endure pain like a lot better than a male can. Now there's these, uh, so what that means essentially is that men, if they want to get stronger, need to lift heavier weights um, for less reps and women need to, women don't have to necessarily follow that same format. Like women can respond really well to high volume training, meaning just doing lots and lots of reps, still heavy, but not as heavy as maybe a male might need to correct to get stronger now if we take away some of these like anatomical terms and we kind of think of this as like just traits in general like um yeah like in general like i find women are a very resilient very generally a lot of times like a lot better at being coached than males are um like they i guess they a lot of the times come into training with a lot less ego than males do and that works in their benefit uh, i generally find that women's progression through training and skill development um, can be quite quick and prompt, um, whereas with a lot of males, like there's generally like a lot of, uh, oh, I've done this this way this you know for so many years, you know, like you have to really prove yourself to a male to kind of get them to believe to do things your way. So there's 
there's definitely that. Um, another thing is just, I guess, um, understanding like what the main drivers are for males versus females. I mean, and I don't think they're individual to like the gender types, but you know, uh, you know, I've seen this a lot with mums. Like, you know, once once a woman becomes a mum, they they just they build a, a certain level of resilience that you just don't see maybe in males just because they've now become a parent, if that makes sense. So like that, that whole like mummy strength thing, like there's definitely like some sort of, you know, truth, truth to that. Do you see that in a male that first becomes a parent as well? I, I don't see that in a male when they first become a parent, but then I also see this in, in the sense that I think, um I think when men are finally ready to do something, they, they really do go like a hundred percent in it. And I kind of think of it as kind of like, you know, like we, we were talking before about how much contractile potential males have versus females. Like, I think women multitask a lot, something that I know, obviously being a woman, um, um, we multitask a lot and sometimes that is a blessing and a curse, whereas men can focus on one thing, decide this is what they're going to do and they put all their energy and focus into it and can do it really, really well, whereas women can often spread themselves too thin so yeah i think when men decide to do something they maybe will go into it like a lot more than maybe like let's say a female amount of times but that's only because a lot of the times like you you've said like a female will multitask and a lot of times for example like i see at the gym all the time like a lot of mums will be doing training and they want to do it their best they can but they just can't maybe they can't prioritize it as high as they might need to in their life to get the result they might need because they also have to prioritize a whole lot of other things. Whereas, um, yeah, I often see that um, male, men can be a bit more black and white with that. Because we are talking about um, parents, again, I want to take you back to something you mentioned a little bit earlier, and that was about you having great parents in life. Did your parents tell you everything you wanted to hear or were they, or were they tough? Did they give you the tough lessons and that's why you look at them as great parents, because I know there's a lot of um, parents listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I, I, I guess this this is how I explain my parenthood. Um, so my mom did something brilliantly when I was really young, which was I my I do have a sister, but she was born nine years um, after me. So for the most part, like as far as my psychology growing up, like I probably grew up like a single child. I. My dad was working all the time, so I didn't really see him until I was about six or seven years old. Just He would just be working, um, yeah, like a lot of the time. And, um, yeah, mum essentially raised me for the most part, like through those earlier years, and she would just always listen to me. And she never told me that I was wrong. She never, um, you know, would make me doubt myself or anything like that. Like she just listened to anything that came through my head, and she would just find it interesting. And so what she did, whether she did it in a good way or in a bad way, and there's, there's pros and cons to this, but she just really developed my ego and she developed this sort of self-belief that I've had from day one in myself that I didn't realize was different or special to other people until I, the more people I meet. Like the more people I meet, the more I realize, oh, like not everybody's like this. Not everybody believes in themselves this much. Like there's been nothing that I've ever thought to myself like I can't do if I don't put like my mind to it. Um, there's been things that I've not wanted to do or I'm not interested in, but anything that I've decided, yep, like I'm going to do this, like, and, and in some ways that, that, that naivety just wins a lot of the time if you're willing to show up and put in the work day after day. Um, so I think one of the things that she did really well is that she just gave me all the right type of attention and she let me communicate and speak and say my thoughts and feel my feelings and, and all those sorts of things. 
But then at the same time, growing up, like I had really strict parents who, you know, like were really strict in a way that um, forced me to become, you know, uh, respectful of other people and just, you know, um, you know, forced me to develop, you know, good amount of intelligence, you know, emotional intelligence and, and resilience and, you know, like in toughness, like I didn't have the sort of parents who would let me go out to just hang out with my friends if I wanted to, like, I was probably only allowed to go out with friends like once a week when I was younger. Um, you know, like I wasn't always allowed to go to, to like go to parties and things like that. Like I had to have good, good grades. If I didn't get good grades, I wouldn't generally get smacked in the bum. Like I remember at the time, like I, I hated them and I didn't like that they were always so tough on me. But in hindsight, like they developed a lot of resilience for like what life is actually like. Life is hard. Life isn't easy. Life's like the hardest fight you'll ever be in. And, um, yeah, like it's it's one of those things that I I really appreciated how they were, like how they melt they we were able to balance that level of like um, being strict, but also being just a thousand percent there for me um, at any time. And they still are, and they're still a big part of my life, and I'm very thankful for having them. That's really really beautiful, and it's really really encouraging for me on a personal level as a parent to hear all those sorts of things and those insights because. It can definitely be tough and um, like yourself, there were things that my mother uh, didn't allow and I thought she was ruining my life when I was younger and as I became an adult, I was just so grateful for the things that she did and, you know, and the tough the tough lessons. But I really love how you shared about your mum listening to you and that helped you to, to grow to believe and believe in yourself and be a person that thought they could do anything they wanted to so it wasn't your mind your thoughts weren't filled with all all the negative chatter that was telling you you can't before you even begin so I think that's really beautiful and a wonderful credit to your lovely mum and dad now it's been such an awesome interview Raul so much gold in there that that we've got to share with everyone thank you so much you and I both love reading books and it's a question I love to ask is there one book that you would recommend that everyone just has to read it can be about anything. Probably going to be hard to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is. That is a hard one. Um, I would, I would really encourage people to go read a book like, um, probably Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, it's it's essentially a book about the ten thousand hour rule, and it talks about, um, you know, outliers in life and you know why they became outliers. Um, so yeah, definitely, I would recommend Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, or just even just Googling, who, um, YouTubing who Malcolm Gladwell is and just hearing him talk about that topic is really interesting. And another topic, and it's, it doesn't come, I'm not saying this because of a, because I'm the most spiritual person in any sort of way. I think a lot of people should read the Bible. Um, I think there's like lots of life lessons in there that people maybe don't, like a lot, like a lot of books just come from that. If you, I would, if you want to know the source of something, like you should go to the start of it and whether people realize it, like most self-development comes from that in one way or another, even if you're not religious, like I would still go and read it and, or go through some study of it to just understand like some of these lessons in life that are just going to keep happening in your life until you learn them, you know? And if you can put aside, if you, if you're not religious, if you can put aside all the, all the religious aspects of it, there's, there's gold and, and a lot of valuable stuff in there. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I am Christian. I love the Bible, but I just love humanity and people being kind to each other. And like you said, a lot of the books out there um, do have roots in some of the basic teachings in the Bible, not your man-made rules, um, but just the basic teachings. A lot of the principles come from there. 
And without liars, I actually do have that book. I just ordered it at Christmas time, but I haven't read it yet. So on your recommendation, I think that'll be the next book I read. Raul, where can people follow you or find you if they want to follow your um, blogs and blogs and podcasts? Thank you for the question. Um, if you want to follow me, um, I'd probably say the best place is probably on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, please follow me at RaulCFTU. That's R-A-U-L-C-F-T-U. If you're into more of just the training side of things, I'd recommend that you follow my uh, you know, training Instagram, RXC underscore coach. Um, and yeah, if not, just find me on find me on Facebook um, and I'm happy to help you out with anything that I can. And I'll pop those links in the show notes to make it easier for people to follow you. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure talking to you again and I so miss our training sessions. <laughs> I, miss, I miss them too, Fatima. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I truly hope you have found it beneficial and have taken some value from it. Hopefully, a lot. If you did, please, please share this show with anyone you feel may need to hear it. I would also absolutely love if you would take a minute or two to review this show on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever platform you happen to be listening to it on. With your help, we can accomplish my mission to positively impact 10 million lives. That would be so awesome. Now, if you want to connect with me or my guests on other platforms, or if you want to send me an email with questions or ideas of guests to interview, please check out the show notes. I am so incredibly grateful to have had your time today, and I can't wait to have you on the next episode. Have a great day.